Welcome to the Sunday Message Podcast of Bethany Church in Fresno, California. We hope this message will encourage and equip you as you grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. If today's message helps you, share it with a friend. If you would like to know more about the ministry of Bethany Church, please reach out on Facebook or at BethanyChurchFresno.com. And now, here's this week's message. We are going to jump out of the message series today, just for a day. I want to introduce our theme verse for 2021. This Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7. So if you've got a Bible with you, I invite you to, to uh, begin to look for Ephesians, the book of Ephesians. So you're in the New Testament, get through the Gospels, get into Acts and then Romans, and then Corinthians and then Galatians, which is where we have been. And the very next book is Ephesians. If you need a little help remembering that order, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, General Electric Power Company. All right. That helps you. That that helps me, believe it or not. I still use those little mnemonic devices. And today we're going to be talking about rich in kindness. Today's message is rich in kindness. Ephesians chapter one. Before we get there, I want to share a little story. Uh, last weekend, my son Alex and I attended the grand opening of what is now our our favorite barbecue restaurant in town, Chuck's Barbecue. They're at the corner of Willow and Ashland. And don't go there today. They're closed today. But uh, if you want amazing ribs and amazing chicken and tri-tip and brisket, uh, unbelievable. Just so good. And uh, while we were there, of course, they were, it's a grand opening and they were, they were drawing door prizes. So that, you know, we got our, they gave us the tickets. And while we were there, they were drawing for this great big TV. We're like, oh, come on, come on. You know, and of course, they call the number 801 Four. And of course the whole crowd goes, oh, except one guy. Yeah. Right. Now that one guy was not me and it was not Alex. Uh, unfortunately, we don't need the TV. Right. But isn't it, wouldn't it be great just to be chosen even at random? I mean, wouldn't that be fun? Like, yeah, I got picked. Or you think about like the political world right now. Just imagine with this new administration, all the all the politicians and bureaucrats that are jockeying for some appointment or some position, they want to be chosen. Or you think about in your workplace, if whether you're, uh, whether or not you're, you're still working, you're retired, you think about that workplace situation. Somebody in a position up above you moves on and somebody's going to get chosen to, to get promoted to fill that spot. You're kind of hoping it's, it's you. Everybody loves to be chosen. Unless, of course, it's chosen to, do the dishes or something you don't really want to do, but right. We love to be chosen. A favorite moment of being chosen for me happened 29 years ago when I asked Becky to marry me. I chose her and she chose to say yes. Actually, first she said no because she thought I was joking. But then she said yes when she realized it was real. And I'm thankful for that ever since. So you can randomly be chosen in a door prize. You can earn being chosen in the workplace. You can, you can attract being chosen by someone of the opposite sex. But could you be pre-chosen? Right? Chosen in advance. Chosen without you actually doing anything to earn being chosen. Because that's what God did for you pre-chosen, chosen in advance. Now, how you respond to being chosen by God, that's your business. 
But before you were born, God knew you. Before he created the world, God knew you. And he knew everything about you. He knew everything you would do, everything you would say, everything you would think. And yet, even knowing all that about you, God chose you to be a recipient of his unlimited kindness, unlimited grace, his mercy, to pour that out to you in in a boundless way. And so... We're just going to focus in on that as we, as we jump, like I say, jumping out of the Gospel of Freedom series. And, and we're going to focus in on Ephesians 1-7, you know, somewhat over the year. But I want us to read this whole passage in context. So if you have Ephesians chapter 1, uh, I invite you to, to find that, open up that, or turn that on in your, in your device. And uh, if you're able to stand with me for the reading of God's Word, it's not a long passage, but we want to read this. I'll read this for you. Beginning at verse 3 of Ephesians chapter 1, he writes this, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Verse 5, God decided in advance to adopt us into his family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. Verse 7, he is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave us our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. Now, before you're seated, I'm going to invite you to turn your attention to the screen. This is such a rich passage. I want us to read this together. So I use the New Living Translation. Uh, It's a very readable translation, but we're going to read this together out loud uh, now. Ready? Go. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. Let's be seated together. It's an incredible passage. Scripture. I think one of the, truly one of the most magnificent portions in the Bible. It's, it's tough uh, for translators to really capture this in a readable way because the Apostle Paul tends to write in uh, kind of run-on sentences, like long thoughts, long, rich thoughts and sentences. And I don't know if you knew this, but ancient Greek has no punctuation. So the translators have to kind of figure out, where Paul, where are you going with this and how do we unpack this? And uh, now, Paul is full of praise in this passage. He's bringing his full praise to God as he does this. And he's inviting you and I to join him in that. Now, 
Paul obviously is writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, right? We affirm that all scripture is God-breathed and without error. That's our position and that's our confidence in, in scripture. But God used people to put the pen to the parchment and write it out and nuance it in their kind of their style and so on. And so as Paul's writing, he's, it's like he's overwhelmed with this thought of God's unlimited grace and God's selection of us and God's love for us. And he's kind of grasping for the right language to, 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 you know, name this unspeakable wealth of God and God's favor over us. So he's, he's really stretching to try to help us understand it. But if there's one thing we can hang our hat on in all of this, it's this notion here of being chosen, being selected by God from before creation, and that it's God's will, God's good pleasure, right, to have done so. God loves you, but get, listen, friends, not only does God love you, He likes you. He thinks you're cool. He's interested in you. He, he, his, your rescue from sin was His idea. And He said, oh, I, I like that one. I like that one too. I like that one too. I like that one too. He loves you. And he enjoys you. It was his good pleasure, his will, his desire to do that. He was not obligated to rescue anyone. And I, it's so important for us to grasp that. So that's why we're really latching on to verse 7 as our theme verse. And so those magnets that you have, and we, we can make more available for you. Uh, you know, we'll put, let's put that up on the screen if we can, John. Uh, God is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. That is the gospel captured in a sentence. It speaks of God's great love for you. It speaks of what God has done to rescue you. It speaks of your forgiveness from sin. So it's just an incredible, beautiful passage. God has gone to these great, great lengths for your freedom, obtained through the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus hung on a cross as your substitute, punished for your sin. Punished for your sin and my sin, right? So that we could be forgiven and be set free from death and have eternal life and not live in fear and have a purpose for living. So we've been chosen. So I want to talk about what it means to be chosen. And, you know, Try to answer the question, why has God chosen you? Four reasons that God has chosen you. Because you might feel like, I'm not worth anything. I don't really have much to contribute. Or I'm just minding my own business. God has chosen you for good reasons. Let me give you four things, just right from this passage. The first thing, it's right there in verse 3. Uh, Praise to God, God, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. God has chosen you for spiritual blessing. God has chosen you to be the recipient of spiritual blessing. And I know this sounds a bit wispy, pie in the sky, touchy-feely, you know, whatever kind of, you know, woo kind of stuff. But listen, spiritual blessing is significant. It's The spiritual world is no less real than the physical world. If anything, the spiritual world is more real than the physical world because it's eternal and we're temporary. This body that I have is only going to live until the Lord calls me home. It could be tomorrow, it could be today, it could be 35 years from now. I'm hoping for the 35. But however the Lord gives me, when my, when He's done, when I've fulfilled what He's called me to do, then He's going to welcome me home. This body will go, but my spirit is eternal. Your spiritual life, in a sense, 
it is, it, it, you know, it, it's more important. Let me put it this way. Your spiritual life is vastly more important than your physical life. Even though, get this, even though your physical life is lived out, your spiritual life is lived out through your physical life. So when you're standing in worship, you're raising your hands, you're clapping, you're, you're singing, or you're, you're giving, you're, you're, you're serving. Those are spiritual acts, but they're done through your physical body. So your spiritual life is lived out through your physical life, but your spiritual life is still vastly more important. And some of us, listen, let's be honest, some of us are, are doing everything we can to desperately protect our physical life. But my question is, what are we doing for our spiritual life? Are we paying attention to that? Are we developing that spiritual life even as we seek to, to protect our physical life? I mean, what does it matter if you're physically alive but spiritually dead or dying? I mean, think about this. Ask yourself, am I spiritually alive? Am I living spiritually? Because it doesn't matter if you're, you know, physically alive. If you're spiritually dead, there's no point. And I'm not talking about living recklessly, obviously. We've talked about that a lot here. But I need to be careful that I don't protect my physical life at the expense of my spiritual life. Make sense? So, we can avail ourselves of the spiritual blessings that God's giving to us. Things like peace in the midst of crisis. Things like the promise of a magnificent eternal home. The the hope for everyday living. That just your day-to-day makes sense. Some of you have really struggled, particularly in the pandemic, with despondency, even depression. You're saying, God, where's the hope? You struggle with just being grateful to the Lord. I'm telling you, spiritual blessings are yours if you receive them. Wisdom in difficult circumstances. Making a tough decision. God wants to give you those spiritual blessings. Things you cannot earn. Things you cannot buy. But are freely given by God. Right? As spiritual blessings received by faith. Because of His great grace for us. So, you're chosen for spiritual blessings. You're also chosen... For righteousness. You say, okay, here we go again. Here's another one of these big churchy words. Like, what does it actually mean? Righteousness simply means right standing with God, being, being brought into alignment with God, being justified with Him. Righteousness. Uh, but let's, let's break down this word. Verse four says this, even, verse four, even before He made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in His eyes. Before he made the world, you were already chosen to be holy and without fault. Chosen for righteousness, for right standing with God. Holy means sacred, set apart for God's purpose. God's chosen you for holiness by the blood of Jesus. The word there, without fault, it's a simple word in the Greek. It just can be translated blameless or unblemished. The other day, Becky had brought home some, some apples from the grocery store. And I, for a moment, I thought they were fake. I mean, they were so perfect. Uh, these just little, I think they're honey crisp apples. And it just looks like the ideal apple. I mean, like, are these, what is, what, are these real? Like, what is this? You know, and, uh, and, and they were, they were unblemished. Now we know that, you know, 75% of the apples from the tree go to the juice bin because, they, you know, we're only going to buy perfect looking apples. I get that. But, but that unblemished, that blameless apple, right? That's how God sees you by the blood of Jesus. Holy and without fault. And I, let's be honest. 
this one's hard. This one's hard for me. It's probably hard for all of us because I know what I'm really like. I know what I'm really like. And I don't feel unblemished. I don't feel blameless. We know what we've done. We know what we've said. We know where we've been. We know, you know, how we've treated somebody. We know what we've looked at. We know all those things. And so we don't feel very unblemished. We don't feel holy and without fault. And yet, that's God at work. Even Windows isn't perfect. Right? But that's how God sees you, by the blood of Jesus, holy, without fault. Um, God doesn't overlook your faults. He doesn't say, oh, well, it's not the worst I've seen. I guess I'll let it go. That's not how he works. God doesn't just sort of turn a blind eye and say, most of the time he's pretty good. Most of the time she she gets it right. So I'm just going to let this one slide. That's not how God works. God is a just God and he's got to deal with each and every wrongdoing. So what happens? God takes those faults and he replaces them with the perfection of Jesus. He takes the spoiled apple and puts the perfect one in its place. He replaces our faults with the perfection of Christ. And some of you are saying, no, not mine. I'm like, yeah, even yours. Even that thing you're thinking about, even that. Faultless. He's chosen you to be holy, to be blameless in his sight. That's how he works. That's why he chose you for righteousness, so that you're a demonstration of God's character. Third thing is you're chosen for belonging. I love this one. Verse 5. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. You're chosen for belonging, to belong to God's family. There are some of you in this room, maybe some of you watching online, you get this better than, better than most of us. You are a parent who adopted children, or you grew up as an adoptee, a child adopted into a family. You were chosen to belong. Chrissy Fisher, our, our worship director, your sister right now over in Kansas is celebrating the adoption, the completion of adoption of three little siblings who are now their kids, their family. And yeah, they don't have the same, D- same DNA as their mom and dad, but they are their kids. They belong. Chrissy doesn't talk about her adopted nieces and nephews. She's talking about her nieces and nephew because she, they're in the family. They belong. They've been chosen to belong. I, I, I just, I love that. And if you haven't adopted a child, maybe you can't really relate to this. Maybe you adopted a dog and you feel kind of the same way. And that, you just love that furry little guy or that little furry little creature in your house. You're just saying, yeah, it's just part of our family. We just love him so much. Listen, I get it. I get it. We were there too. Cats, I'm sorry to say, are a different matter. Uh, some of you will disagree with me on that, but, um, you know, I have, an, I have an issue with cats. But hey, that's all right. God loves them too, right? Belonging. Here's the thing about adoptive parents. 99%, 99%, like the vast, vast, vast majority of parents adopt out of choice. Occasionally it happens because there's a, a tragedy in the family or something dysfunctional happening and it's like, well, someone's got to take these kids and we do that. But 
obviously the majority of time, children are selected out of love. The parent is wants to have a family and they adopt these children. And in the same way, verse 5 says that it's God's will and God's pleasure to adopt you. God actually likes the idea that he could bring you into his family. God doesn't look at you and say, oh, I guess I got to adopt that one too. Oh, if I get that one, do I have to take? Yeah, okay, all right, we'll take that one. God doesn't do that. He doesn't look that way. It was God's will and pleasure to adopt you to his family so you have a place of belonging in his family. You have an identity chosen for belonging to the family of God. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? God is so good. So good. Fourth, final thing I want to say is that you're chosen for freedom. You're chosen for freedom. You, uh, this, you see this in verse 7. Let me read it again. He's so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. See, you've not been chosen to be some kind of, you know, robotic religious slave. You know, God's not a despot who grabs you and says, well, I saved you. Now you're going to spend the rest of your life paying me back. I, I, I saved you and now you're just going to make you miserable. Like, that's not how God works. He doesn't rescue you and expect some kind of reward for for your eternal life. On the contrary, God rescued you from the slavery of sin, from the fear of death, from the panic of pandemics and everything else so that you could live in freedom. God wants you to be free. He wants you to live in that joy and that release of freedom from those burdens and of sin. He wants you to enjoy the benefits of the new life that he's given you. Again, a little word study. In the New Living Translation, we have the word freedom. And maybe a more technical word is redemption or deliverance, that kind of sense of buying back or setting free. Um, one, one, one version says even, would say it has the weight of, of deliverance from, from torture. It's a very strong sense of rescue, right? Not just deliverance from the consequences of sin, but deliverance from the sin itself. That's how God works. And you say, like we said, but I still sin. I still do those things that are wrong. I still, I can't believe I'm still struggling with this. Yes, because the world, your flesh, and the devil are constantly conspiring against you to drag you back into your old life, to take you back to where you were, to, to, to make you live like the old person, like in your flesh. And God says, no, I set you free. And that's why it's this constant lifelong pursuit to say, God, I want to live in the freedom that you have for me and not keep falling back into to, to, to my old ways. And God gets it and he understands. That's why the blood of Jesus Christ doesn't have an expiry date. It's not like temporary. It's not like the, the yogurt in your fridge that says best before, you know, February 12th. Well, we could squeeze a couple more days out of it. No, it's permanent. What Jesus did for you is permanent. And so you say, yeah, but I messed up again. I know. And the blood of Jesus covers that too. And so that's why you keep coming back. Hebrews 4, uh, 15 says that we find mercy when we need it. When do you need mercy? When I've messed up. And that's, that's when we come. That's, he invites us to his throne of grace to find mercy when we need it. That's what God's done for you. So when those moments when you feel least worthy, that's the time to most pursue the cross. 
That's the time to most bring your, your, your heart to him and say, God, I can't believe it. I cannot believe I blew up at my spouse like that on Valentine's Day of all days. How did that happen? And God says, do you need mercy? Yes. Okay, come to my throne of grace. I have it in abundance. It's one of those spiritual blessings that I've chosen you for. Oh, thank you, Lord. Now, we do the work of repairing those relationships and put it back together. Put some guardrails in your life so you don't keep falling into the same traps over and over again. But that's the invitation. Chosen for freedom. Understanding your freedom will make you loyal to Christ. I don't think you can really live your life to be a blessing if you're not living in the freedom that Jesus has for you. Because when you know you've been rescued, when you know you've been redeemed, I mean, let's go back to the the adopted dog. That adopted dog is super loyal, aren't they? Like they're so, love being in a family again, being a part of that. So understanding your freedom makes you loyal to Christ. A free person is generous in every way. A free person is generous with their time, with their service, with their finances, with, with compliments, with kindness. Generous in all those ways. A free person is a joy to be around. If you find that people don't really even kind of want to be around you, think, okay, what's going on here? Am I really living in the freedom of Christ? Because if you are, you're, you're become attractive to others. Paul starts this, this whole train of thought with that simple phrase, all praise to God. All praise to God. You'll know, this, this applies to how we worship. Friends, listen. You will know you have grasped, you've taken hold of your status in Christ when you can easily worship Him. Let me say this again. Ready? You'll know you've, you've, you'll know you've grasped your status in Christ when you can easily praise Him. When you're out for a walk and you see those blossoms starting to burst out on the, on the almonds right now or some of the pink peach blossoms are out, you're like, God, you are amazing. God is crazy. Thank you so much for, for doing that. When you, when you, Talk to your kids and you get off the phone and just, Lord, thanks for my kids. They're, oh, I just praise you for that. When you happen to have enough to, money to put gas in the tank, Lord, thank you for the job that I can put gas in the tank. When you find praise easy to comes easy, then you know you've, you've got it. You're living in the freedom that Christ has given you. That's part of what's happening in your life. Because this, this whole idea, listen, um, in fact, I'm going to invite Christy, I'm going to invite you back, worship team, would you guys come back? And they're going to lead us in a great closing song. Um, I, ah, this is such a good passage, and we could spend weeks and weeks and weeks on this. I know we're just kind of touching the surface on it. But if there's one, one thing I could get you to grasp, one idea I want you to take home is, I am chosen. You are chosen by God. You are selected by Him, not accidentally. You are not God's door prize. He didn't like draw your name out of that. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know I was getting that one. Okay. Right? No. He deliberately chose you, pre-chosen before the creation of the world. God saw you, knew you, knew everything about you and said that one and that one and that one and that one, mine. Now, again, do you receive it? Do you accept it? Do you respond to him? That's on you. He allows you that choice, that decision. But I want you to know this. God's you know, because of God's immense kindness, His grace, 
His mercy to you. You have been chosen for spiritual blessings. You've been chosen for righteousness. You've been chosen for belonging. You've been chosen for freedom. Those amazing gifts. This identity that you have in Christ as a adopted child of God. Take a deep breath. It's good. We're going to do something just a little different. We don't normally do this here, but we're going to uh, close. We're going to invite you to turn your attention to the screen, and we're going to read, reread that passage one more time. We've paraphrased it this time. We've changed out the pronouns. And I want you to kind of take this thought home with you. I want you to read this for yourself. Read it like you mean it as we just change this and, and personalize this passage for us. Are you ready? Let's read. All praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed me with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because I am united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved me and chose me in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt me into his own family by bringing me to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So I praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on me who belongs to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased my freedom with the blood of his son and forgave my sins. He has showered his kindness on me along with all wisdom and understanding. Isn't God good? Isn't God good? Let's give the Lord a hand. Let's give the Lord a hand. Thanks for listening. Know that God loves you more than you can imagine. And for everything Bethany Church, check out BethanyChurchFresno.com.